evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are in the world. This is Clutch Your Pearls, and I'm your host, Kalea Taylor. I am bringing you this wonderful podcast about doing business in Ghana and about moving back to Africa and about in general when it comes to making a life-changing move from one continent to the next. If you don't know, you about to find out real quick. I am 100% unfiltered and uncensored. <laughs> so that I can say what I want to say, how I want to say it to my people. I shall have a drink and maybe two, <laughs> depending on the length of this episode. My drink of choice is beer. If you know me, you know me. If you follow me over on my YouTube channel at Lacia75, The Black Unicorn, you already know I like me a good club beer. So, club beer, is this Ghana beer? No, this is not a paid advertisement, but this is what I be drinking. <laughs> I'm sitting here bringing you this podcast. This podcast is my very first one I'm ever doing. It's episode one of season one. So, we're talking about moving back to Africa. We're talking about stepping into the unknown. As black folk, you already know, we'd be hella scared to step into the unknown, honey. Hella scared to step into the unknown. We are so used and so trained to work for others. Go to school, get a job, keep the job, retire, die. Basically, that's how it works. And quite frankly, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, that seems to be how we are trained as Black people of African descent because all Black people are Africans and all Africans are Black people. So to me, I'm just going to call us all Black folk, okay? So Black folk, right? So Black folks are innately trained and this probably has something to do with, I don't know, <laughs> colonialization, slavery, the Holocaust of Black folk. Yeah. Um, but we are indoctrinated into being worker bees for others, other people in general, period. It doesn't matter. It's about finding a job, keeping a job, surviving, living, dying. That's it. But when you want to step out of that matrix of nonsense, like I did, you are hit with a whole nother level of reality. And it's just like, damn, okay, how do I navigate? How do I navigate so that I don't crash and burn or fail and have to go back to wherever my country of origin was with my head hanging low? You can do that. I'm going to tell you how. So, those of you who don't know my story, let me catch you up. Those of you who do, you know, this is just a recap. You know what I'm saying? But I decided when Trump crazy ass became president, I was going to chuck the deuces to the states because I was over and done with these crazy ass fools running around here thinking that they can act, say, and do whatever they want to black people. By this time, you have had so many deaths, so many marches, and it was just, for me as a mother of black 
children who are now adults, a black male and a black female, is just uh, <laughs> overwhelming and too much. Uh, the United States of America can give you uh, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, period. Um, because every day in America as a black person is stressful, simply because you can have guns pulled on you at any point in time for a simple traffic stop. You can be killed, murdered, or raped for anything, anywhere, at any time, at any age, just because you're black. It's that. <laughs> so it's kind of like, okay, what do you do now? So I left. I left in 2018. When I left in 2018, I didn't come straight to Africa. I went to Germany. And the reason why I didn't come straight to Africa, because... I knew already that Africa would be a hard learning curve and any country I picked in Africa would be difficult for me initially without any contacts. I was aware of that because I had already came to Africa, been to Africa, had experiences here. Um, I never lived here, but I, I, I've done that here on the continent. So I was like, okay, this is a different type of beast to tackle. Let me try Europe first, especially since Europe, in particular Germany, has processes so similar to the States, although the language is different. Uh, I picked Germany because uh, Berlin was the cheapest city in Europe, Western Europe to live in at the time. And everything they did in tech was done in English, everything. And I had a massive amount of experience and I knew I could easily get a blue card because I would be considered a highly skilled migrant. And I was right. So I went over to Germany within six months of getting there. You know, I struggled a little bit. I was trying to figure out what, what was what, but I got my um, visa, got a job. That job didn't work out, got another job, <laughs> but stayed in the tech field, right? Working with APIs. And so um, while I was in the tech field, since I told you everything's in English, uh, and dealing with APIs, I traveled a lot across Europe doing conferences and talking about the API that we were, um, uh, when I was part of that company that um, was being uh, built out for payment services. So I, I, I became really entrenched in financial services within the tech industry, right? Because, you know, a lot of these financial services companies consider themselves not just like a bank or not just like a financial institution, but like a technology company because, you know, that's what FinTech is, right? So I got really involved in that in Germany and I'm so thankful for it because it opened up a whole new doors uh, opportunity for me in a whole new area, right? <laughs> so before that though, I was in academia and I was a Dean of Computer Science at the undergraduate level in Chicago. And then, you know, that came about because I was a professor and a chair of computer science. Uh, and prior to that, I worked for IBM. So I did a lot of stuff in tech, right? So I have 20 years. I'm going to say right a lot because that's just how I talk. Don't hate me. Don't hate me. All code switching just can't stop immediately, people. It cannot. <laughs> so I have a plethora of experience in the tech industry in so many different areas. So it made it fantastic for me when I was going over to Germany and I had a nice little setup in Germany and I could have easily jumped from job to job because I was constantly getting offers but I didn't want to stay in Germany and I didn't want to stay in Germany because I felt very lonely in Germany to be perfectly honest as a black woman because um, Germany is very white 
let's just be true, you know, honest. Berlin is a more diverse city in Germany, but it's still very white. And liberals hide their racism and liberalism. Don't get it confused because you see them doing that in the States too. The more liberal you are, the likely it is the more racist ideas you have in your head um, about separation or about how black people should behave or how they should look and act. This is 100% true. It happens all the time. So, you know, you probably can hear my, my, my chair squeak. This mic picks up everything. I'm going to be turning on this air pretty soon because I am coming to you live from Accra, Ghana, and I am I'm hot. I'm hot. And I'm going to want to turn on this air. I'm trying not to yet. You know, I'm trying to drink this cold beer and try to play it off. I'm going to turn this shit Okay, I'm burning the hell up and Now, as you can see, <laughs> although I can speak very well when I need to, I guess no okay. simply because I'm too old to care. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. When you've been in the field for so long as I have, raised children, uh, have several careers, you can not give zero point in your life and I'm at that point. So now, why do I give you guys this background and rundown about me? And why am I telling you all this information? Why I'm telling you all this information, because let me get to the sweet spot, and that's how I got to Africa. So I'm in Germany, living in this little cush life, and everything is good, but I'm lonely because I don't have family and friends there. I have a few people I've met there. Um, I had some Latino friends that were amazing, and I'm very thankful for them, because uh, you know Latinos believe in family and bringing you along and, 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 and welcoming you, but they're still a bit of a separation, a bit of difference. Um, but I'm very grateful and thankful for them 100%. At the same time, though, I was feeling like in my soul, I needed to come to Africa. So I decided on my birthday, my 44th birthday, 44, you heard me, you heard me. Literally, like, several days ago, I turned 46. <laughs> I feel good, honey, because I look good at this age, boo. You can't tell me nothing, shit. Mm, black don't crack, you better ask your mama. <laughs> but anyway, at 44, I was like, I am going to have my 44th birthday in Africa. And I was like, I should go to Ghana because, you know, I've been told about some connections family may have to Ghana. Um, but oh, I'm not sure if I want to go to Ghana or I want to go to Rwanda or I want to go to Zanzibar in Tanzania. So I'm looking at all these places. I was like, okay, I'm going to do all three in a two-week span. Uh, no. <laughs> I decided against that because, one, it was too costly. And, two, I felt like I wouldn't have enough time to really see the different countries if I, if I tried to shove them all into a two-week period, especially with the long flight between West Africa and East Africa. Now, this culminated in the year of return initiative that was happening as well. And so when I was making my plans to come to Ghana, because I had already decided I'm just going to do Ghana because I got a really good deal on the flight. My flight ticket was like, well, I did do business class, but they had economy that was like $500. But I did business class and I paid quite a bit more. <laughs> so I did do that. Um, but I was able to use my Marriott points at the Marriott here. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to do Ghana because Ghana is going to be the most economically efficient for me and I can shop, right? Um, so I was like, I'm going to do Ghana. At the same time, I found out about the year of return. I heard the president's speech, speech talking about, you know, um, 
all black people are Africans. You should come back to Ghana. This is your homeland. All this stuff about the year of return. I was like, all right. Hey, you give me an invitation. I already said I'm coming. Yo, this was I'm on my way. Y'all, I'm on my way. So in August, <laughs> actually July 30th of 2019 is when I came. And so I came for two weeks and the stay was rocky and then amazing. And so I loved everything about it, even the rocky part, because it helped me kind of realize, okay, this is not a utopia. Everything's not perfect. But things can work out. And the Chicago girl in me was like, these trying to hustle me. Yo, what the <laughs> I am not the one. But you might hustle me a little bit because this currency exchange thing that y'all got popping off here with black people on the money got me confused. And I see black people on the money. Shit, I'm getting excited. Okay? <laughs> so I'm going to spend it. <laughs> and that's what I did. Um, but I met some great people while I was here. And then I started debating, do I want to move to Ghana? I got all these tech skills. I think these skills would be useful here. But not only that, I recently started a business in Germany doing cybersecurity training, right? Uh, financial services training when it comes to cybersecurity. And so I was like, okay, I think I can do this in Ghana as well. Although technology, cybersecurity, everything here is so fresh and new and well, a little bit behind than what I'm used to, right? So but maybe I can still do it. Maybe I can still, let me, let me, let me go ahead and try and, and see what happens. So I had a plan to move in, um, I think it was, I was going to move like May of 2020. Something in my soul and probably it was God speaking to me and the ancestors telling me, girl, it's time to go get out now before it's too late. I literally moved to Ghana way earlier than planned because folks started acting funky at my job. I already was getting real tired. And I was like, I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> I was like, they talking to me crazy, bring their damn dogs to work. I just, no. <laughs> trying to trying to bite me and shit. No. Uh, so I was like, okay, you know, I got a little money. I already have a, a business established with clients. So let me just go ahead and do it. I don't have to actually be here. And there's no need for me to still have a full-time job when I already started my own thing. So let me take this side hustle and make it a full-time gig. So I moved to Ghana in November 29th, 2019. So <laughs> real quick after my first visit, I moved to Ghana. And when I tell you it was the best decision I ever made, it's simply because the pandemic of the century happened January of 2020. By March of 2020, Ghana was locking down and all the countries around the world were on going on or in lockdown. So I was I was I had I was very emotional though. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I was very confused because I'm like, Jesus, my, my children and my family are all in the States. My God, what was happening, right? But at the same time I felt safer in Africa than I would have in America because I'm looking at America and everybody's dying. Trump is taking it as a joke. All the Republicans are running, down, running around looking like ass clowns like they still are, you know? So I'm just like, oh, hell no, I'm staying in Africa. They, you know, they got it. They got so they're doing something right. They were locking it down. They putting protocols in place. They're enforcing. It's, it's, it, things look good here. Things look good here. Okay. That's why the death rate has been so low. 
So I was like, okay, this is good. So why do I set this all up for you? I set this all up for you to tell you my story. My story is going to be hella different than your story, which is hella different than the next lady's story or the next dude's story or the next family. We all have a different story on why we are coming back to Africa, why we are deciding to make any country in Africa our home. I happen to focus on Ghana because Ghana is where I made my home, right? Now, Ghana is very popular simply because I believe that Ghana is a country that most Americans have heard of. Even if you haven't heard the name Ghana, you've heard of Kente. You've heard of Kente cloth. You've heard of dashikis. You've heard of the black stock. You've heard of these things, even if you didn't know where exactly it was. And so Ghana is a place where, you know, our icons of the past seem to always come for pilgrimage come for that recharge come from that come for that black renaissance uh, uh type of feeling to inspire encourage empower impact them it's why you had like um who did you have here like malcolm x you had like maya angelo james baldwin uh, musical artists literary laureates or poets or writers you've had our artists you had our our political thinkers you had our civil rights um activists and 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 icons come through ghana at some point in time so we as americans and not only that we in the west period are aware of and know ghana because we know pan-africanism start with started with the first president of ghana so we all have this connection to Ghana. So when you have the current president, uh, who at the time was doing his first term and is now doing his second, basically say, yo, door open, come back, bring your knowledge, bring your skills, bring a little bit of money to invest, and we got you. And so we was like, yo, okay, cool. Now I'm going I'm to be real, real, real with y'all. When y'all take that step to come to uh, Ghana, to come to Africa, you got to be realistic though. Uh, you got to be thinking about all of this. Like, why are you inviting me here? Or why are you make, giving me the perception that you're inviting me here? What is the catch? Because I have said this a thousand times and your mama didn't have told you this too. Ain't shit free. Ain't nothing in life free. Everything is going to come with a cost. Whether you pay it now or later, you're going to pay a cost. So you need to figure out what that cost is going to be. And will you be ready to pay it? You know? So as you start looking into the unknown, as you start thinking about moving to Africa and making this your home, you really need to mentally prepare yourself for the difference in culture. That cultural difference, guys, I cannot express to you how serious that shit is. It is so serious that my first year here, I was like, my God, I need to help other people understand how serious it is. So I started making these small little videos, like less than 20 minutes, maybe some 10 minutes, some eight minutes uh, to try to help people understand how to navigate. And this was separate from my YouTube channel. In case you didn't know, my YouTube channel is like CS75, The Black Unicorn. But this is separate. And I made so many of them, I decided to put them together as a, a collective and call it the Back to Africa program. 
and offer it. And it was really popular when I first started offering it, but it became so much work for me, I decided to shut it down for a little bit. Um, and this is when I was trying to figure out how do I manage these multiple businesses? Because not only did I have my, my tech business, but I was trying to do this whole black unicorn business as well when it came to properties and then offering courses and guidance to people who want to repatriate. So I was still trying to figure that stuff out. So guys, when it comes to being here though, that, that mental preparation is everything. If you are one of these people that has to compare everything that you see, do, eat, smell, whatever to where you come from, like, oh, they don't do it like this in America. Oh, they don't do it like this in the UK. Oh, they don't do it like this in Germany. Yo, you about to piss yourself off like every day. Every day you're going to be mad as all hell because, let me tell you something. Number one, customer service is a joke here. <laughs> customer service does not exist. I promise you. It does not exist here. Like, yo. They be talking to you crazy. You be like, yo, don't you want me to purchase something? And you, you, wait, what you doing? That's what they do here. And it's, it's normal. It's not like it's like, like something that's just like uh, abstract. It happens across the board. It can happen at a bougie hotel. It can happen at the chop bar, baby. It can happen anywhere. And you just be like, wait a minute. Now I'm going to need y'all to act like y'all got, got, got the sense your mama didn't gave you. Um, but that's hard for people to deal with if they have never been to been or not even been, but they've never actually lived uh, in, in the country. So living in Ghana is very different than visiting Ghana. Let me say that again for those of you in the back. Living in Ghana, they back, <laughs> is very different than visiting Ghana. Number one, if you don't get in the mindset of understanding this currency and how quickly it can go, uh, what is it called? Um, when the prices be rising, what's it called? Fluctuation? Uh, I forgot what it's called. But you know, when, when, when prices rise for no reason, out the blue. <laughs> It happens across the board. It's not like something like, oh, well, eggs have went up and that's the only thing to go up. No, it'd be like eggs, fuel, gas, or fuel, gas are the same thing. But, um, you know, your light bill is going up. Everything just gets higher and higher and higher across the board. And you just be like, why is everything increasing? You know, um, what's it called? Fluctuation? I can't remember the term, but you know what I'm talking about. But it happens like crazy here and you have to adjust to it. Of course, it happens anywhere, especially now that the whole world has gone through and is still going through a pandemic. But I say this because I want you to be realistic about your your move and stepping into the unknown. I think stepping into the unknown for those of you who are serious about it, focus on it and want to be part of this beautiful continent in this country. Um, you got to give yourself time to adjust. You got to give yourself time. And when I say time, you got to give yourself a couple years, two, maybe three years to adjust to the chaos that is Ghana. Because this is like, um, you know, you can see like controlled chaos, to be perfectly honest, because to you coming from the West and the processes and systems that don't exist here is going to make you feel like it's purely chaotic. But it is controlled chaos because things work.
in its own time, in its own way. Oh, yo, CP time? Forget about it. CP time is on some 1,000%. It's Ghana time, which means time does not exist. <laughs> Ghana time means time is non-existent in this universe. And you're just like, yo, what? Yeah, that's what it'd be like. So time be non-existent. And you gotta you you be wanting to do things and you think you got things scheduled and nothing happens as you think it's gonna happen. That's part of the unknown of coming to Africa. Uh, and that's part of the stepping into the unknown of what it means to live in Africa. Buying land. <laughs> Woo! Getting your business registered. Child. Uh, trying to figure out how to open a bank account <laughs> and not getting ripped off. <laughs> Honey, it is so much. There's so many things happening here. It's not even funny. But it's possible. It's possible. I feel like the people that do the best here are the ones who plan. And when I say plan, I mean plan. I mean you have a plan for a plan. And you know how to pivot. And why I say that is because, one, if you don't have a plan, meaning that you don't know your budget, hard budget, not this soft back and forth shit, but your hard budget for what you can afford to spend to pay in rent, because many of you be like, oh, I'm coming, I'm buying, I'm buying. Do you know how much shit costs here? Because this ain't like some okie doke, like backwood, backwater country where shit dirt cheap and you can just walk in here and pay a thousand dollars and you got you a five bedroom house. You ain't getting you, you ain't getting a shack for a thousand dollars, baby. <laughs> that might be rent, but the damn sure ain't gonna buy you nothing. Uh, so you know, maybe it, it might get you some land somewhere in nowhereville. You know, maybe I don't know, uh, but. Honey, Sal, <laughs> you got to come with some sense, boo. You better have some money saved. You better be frugal. You better have income streams coming in. And if you don't, you better be ready to create it. And if you're sitting up here trying to recreate or create what's already in high supply here, not demand, high supply, because there's so many people doing it. Like you trying to do hair, you trying to cook, you trying to do some shit that everybody in their mama do like a seamstress. You gonna be you gonna be ass out real fast because everybody. Are oh, you trying to be a preacher man? Everybody is doing one of these four things here. Every other person walk down the street, you are gonna see a hair salon, a barber shop, two churches, two at least minimum, and you gonna you just gonna see you gonna see every few every every 10 steps is a food shop every 10 steps is a food shop it might not look like shit it damn sure might not be sanitary but they got some kind of food they cooking up in that bitch and so it's kind of like unless you're coming with a game and that a game money to open something that is elite for the rising middle class here uh and the and, and the rich folk you can't compete on that level. However, with that said, there is a plethora of opportunities in this place. There are so many things that haven't come here yet. And it just kind of, for, for instance, what has 
just arrived here and this happened during Corona is e-commerce. They'll say they had e-commerce prior to Corona, but they didn't. That shit just really started during the 2020, during the lockdown because people had no choice because the country went into lockdown. But the food places were allowed to stay open and delivery people were allowed to work because of course they're essential workers. So e-commerce became popular and delivery of food, which was a completely unknown in this area, became extremely popular outside of East Lagos where the rich people live or not the rich people, but yeah, they're rich people live there, but there's also like foreigners live there, dignitaries, people like that. Right. So you go outside of there you can get delivery in other places now as well, which wasn't the case. So that's an example of opportunity. There's examples of opportunities, construction, massive opportunity, um, making a building supplies, being a supplier, massive. Opportunities and technology are stupid, education, crazy. It's just so many opportunities in every single area you can think of. Urban planning, sanitation, come on now. And here's the thing is, the thing is you don't come here looking for a job. When you step into the unknown, you gotta be ready to have a hustle. And when I say a hustle, I mean you are ready to become an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurship is all about your hustle, your grind, your work. What you gonna do? How you gonna do it? Are you going to hustle and grind when everybody else is asleep? Are you going to wake up before everybody else wake up and get that shit popping? Or are you going to sit there on your ass talking about what you could have, should have, did or did? Would I say that shit? Could have, did or did? <laughs> what you could have, should have, did and would have done? Nobody want to hear that. You know, I know a lot of y'all millennials be running around here like everybody's a winner. No, everybody's not a winner. You either win this month or you lose. Period. And if you think you're about to lose, you better pivot. Or if you don't have a passion for it anymore, you better pivot and find something that you can, can just drive through. You can work through. You can hustle through. You can push through. And you can make that work for you on the continent. Because you can make it work on the continent. You into solar. You into energy. You into gas and oil. You into whatever. You can find a way to make it work here. But ain't nobody going to hold your hand. I'm not holding no one's hand. I'm not going to do it. Now, I created programs to help people like the Black Unicorn Business Blueprint and shit, but I'm not holding your I'm going to guide you. I'm going to tell you what's popping, how it's happening, why it's happening, and how you can navigate and deal with it. But if you don't know how to get yourself into and out of a situation, then you're going to be worldly here in Africa. But if you know how to navigate and how to use the gifts that you have to make it work for you, you can be highly successful here. So stepping into the unknown, moving back to Africa, making this home and starting a business here, baby, it's going to take everything you have in you, everything you have in you to weather the storm, to not to give up, to not to get flustered and frustrated, to not let the sexism, because that is definitely here, uh, incompetence, you have a lot of that, disregard for time and work ethic, you have a lot of that. Don't let it discourage you, because when you have all that nonsense, you also have folks with high level of work ethic, always doing what they say they're gonna do and when they're going to do it, 
and with a wealth of knowledge ready to get stuff done and don't have time to be complacent and playing a bunch of games. But they are far and few in between. And, you know, as we come back as the diaspora, it's up to us to be perfectly honest and try to make an example of how to how to do things in a way that can be more efficient, faster, more customer centered, you know, uh, in a way that things can get done. But at the same time, the customer can still be happy and you can still um, benefit from it as an owner. Uh, but there's a lot of work to be done because, you know, some of the stuff they're teaching these kids coming out of college, it's like they're completely, it's like, I, I don't know what they're teaching them, but you have so many college graduates here with no skills. What are you learning? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like they have to be retrained, retaught constantly in order to catch up. Um, but if you know that and you understand that, then you can do this for them. Saying something like, well, I'm just going to outsource and get people from the States or India or wherever to do this for me. Well, that's counterproductive because if you're coming here, you're supposed to be trying to create jobs, create opportunities and help with the development of the nation of the country. You do that by starting a business. You do that by hiring whether it's part-time or full-time, depending on what you can hire at the time. And you do that by allowing for jobs to stay in the country and for money to stay in the country so that it circulates throughout so that um, those who may not have as much can get a little bit of something to help their own families. So guys, <laughs> this is my view on what it takes to step into the unknown, what it means to move back to Africa. You know, um, I share with you how I did it. I shared with you basically why I did it. And, you know, I hope that it helps at least one person overcome their fear and or decide, okay, this is the year I'm going to do this, but not half-ass. You do it with planning. You do it by making sure you have enough money to live on for two years before you get here. You do it knowing that, you know, you don't have to depend on welfare, handouts, sleeping on somebody's couch, you know, uh, being a beggar bitch. That's not cute, y'all. That's not cute. You know, people have tried that with me and I just have no patience for it because why did you come here if you don't have any money? And why did you come here if you know that you're going to be scared of everything? Don't come here. Tough it out wherever you're from and leave the continent alone because shit here will not be easy. But it damn sure will be worth it if you can weather the storm. And the storm comes for us all once you're over that honeymoon period. Um, but it is possible to move to Africa. It is possible to start a business. A lot of what I'm talking about and what I'm saying will be applicable to anyone from the West moving to any of the countries on the continent of Africa and Sub-Sahara Africa. Um, as I go more and more into the podcast, I'm really going to deep dive into some things that are very specific in particular to Ghana and West Africa, because a lot of West Africa is very much the same, right? It's the coldest area. A lot of it is very much the same when it comes to business. But keep in mind, 
when you're thinking about business, entrepreneurship, and what you can do and how you can do it and how you can take your passion and run with it, or how you can take a hobby and grow it, think about the African continental free trade area that is now in effect. How can that benefit you? And what are they doing in the country where you come from, or the state, or the province, or the region? How are they trading already with Africa? Are they trading with Africa? And or what countries in Africa are they trading with? Because there's a lot of new initiatives happening coming out of these countries in the West, not just a country itself as like a federal, a federal initiative, but each state, each province, each area within the different Western countries have different initiatives with specific African countries. Find out and then find out what you want to do, how you can benefit from that. Do you want to create hair products and send it back to the States for export? Do you want to, I don't know what you want to do, but do you want to do something that requires import export and how can you do that in a more efficient way that will not cost you an arm and a leg to the point where you can't even make a profit if you have to ship things back and forth? These are things you need to find out and think about before coming, right? So that's what I hope that you got from this particular podcast. Now, you know, I'll be dropping some F-bombs. I'll be cussing. I'll be saying what I want to say, how I want to say it. But, yo, <laughs> this is the gloriousness of being in your 40s, baby. You don't got to give a f about what nobody else thinks about what the hell you're saying anymore. I don't. And they be trying me. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care so much, guys. I don't even wear makeup no more. I'd be like, y'all get out of my face. I'm beautiful regardless, baby. Okay, you see this hair? Gorgeous. You better ask somebody. <laughs> I don't got time. I stay on my grind. I share my knowledge in different ways. And I bring it to the people. So I hope you enjoyed Clutch Your Pearls. Because you damn sure clutch, clutched your pearls doing this damn podcast. <laughs> I hope to see you guys again next Friday when I bring you episode two of the Clutch Your Pearl Show. This is Kalea Taylor coming to you live from Accra, Ghana. Thank you. Bye.